Welcome to the Brush with Brit podcast. I'm your host, Brit, and this podcast is dedicated to advancing the profession of dental hygienist. It's the mentor I never had, and it's the place I created specifically for you to feel connected and understood. With each episode, you'll find information that will encourage you to become a whole health dental hygienist and truly start to build the connection between oral and systemic health. Our education doesn't stop when hygiene school is over, and this is the place where you will gain the tools you need to ignite your passion and truly embrace what it means to hold the title Registered Dental Hygienist. In this week's episode, I will be talking with Jeanette Diaz. Jeanette is a RDHAP, and she walks us through what grief literacy is and why it's important to hygienists and healthcare providers. Every day, we get to talk to our patients and build relationships with them, and sometimes our patients will go through grief, and that's not something that we always learn about how to handle while we are in hygiene school. And even ourselves as clinicians, might experience grief within our careers and we're not we're not taught the tools or tips and techniques on what we should do when things like that happen in our life and how do we handle it what do we do how do we continue to work in a clinical setting while grieving so Jeanette really does a great job within this episode of walking us through what it means and she also provides us with some tips that we can use in our careers when we experience things like grief. So without further ado, let's get into this week's episode with Jeanette Diaz. Thank you for being on the podcast today on a Saturday. Of course. Thank you for the invitation. I was so excited to meet with you. Yes. And um, I recently read your article on RDH magazine and um, I've been seeing some of the things that you've been doing on Instagram. And I thought that it would be a great idea to um, speak about grief literacy, which I am not a hundred percent familiar with. I'll be honest, like your article was the first one that I read about it. And I thought it would be a great topic to share with the listeners. Well, thank you for your interest and thanks for reading my article. Uh, so grief literacy is something that I, I would say I came across, uh, you know, not too long ago. I think the topic of grief um, has always been something that has been near and dear to me, uh, and I didn't, I didn't know how to deal with it in the dental office. You know, we we all experience um, loss, so grief is just our response to loss, and we think that well because I've experience this, you know, then I, I, I'm sure it can support others. Right. I mean, I also need to say that, you know, I'm not a mental health behavioral health expert. And, um, even if I was, I mean, when people come to us in the dental office, you know, they're not really expecting us to, to be able to respond, you know, to their losses. And so, um, you know, the, the nerd in me, I, I love reading research and I came across, um, an anthropologist who's a social scientist, Dr. Mary Ellen McDonald. And she, I think she coined the term grief literacy. And so basically what that means is it's a movement uh, for a community-based response to grief, to loss. And it's a way really to try to normalize it so that we can help each other, you know, get through it. Yeah, because I I think in hygiene school, I don't remember, I mean, I can probably say I don't remember learning anything 
about how to respond to it at all. Right. I don't, I, I didn't either. And I think uh, when we talk about this topic of grief, uh, I, you know, our, our culture, our religion, our upbringing, I mean, there's so many things that really influence how we uh, understand loss, how we respond to it. And so it can be really different for a lot of people. And I was, I, I felt the same like you, Britt. I was like, well, I don't remember us talking about this. Um, we also, it's not like people are, knock on wood, you know, people don't usually drop dead in our office typically, right? I mean, we're not like in the emergency department room. And so it's a topic that I think it's overlooked. And so I started digging around, you know, what what's out there? And I learned that, you know, this, this, term grief literacy is this this movement it's I would say it's fairly new uh, Dr. Uh, McDonald has done a lot of uh, research in this area but again the the research that I've read is all international so we're typically I think in the in this United States we're a little behind on some of these uh, things yeah and I feel like as a hygienist we don't really think of it as a topic that we need to know about. But then when you start thinking about situations that come up in the operatory, I mean, there's been times where a patient has told me, you know, they lost a husband or a loved one. And I try to respond in the best way that I can, but I haven't been taught what could be a better way. Right. I, same. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I was in the operatory and, you know, they don't always tell you. Sometimes they do right away, but sometimes they don't. I've had patients where a song comes on and, you know, they start crying and I'm thinking, huh, did I do something? Are they crying because I'm hurting them? Is there like, what's going on? And then you basically, I mean, if you ignore it, then that's not good for a person that's experiencing grief. We can't just pretend it's not happening. You have to address it. And so again, this grief literacy movement is to acknowledge it and to listen. So that's what a lot of the uh, experts tell us is that we should be good listeners. And we think we are, I think we're good listeners as hygienists, uh, but we also don't know, we, we're also fixers, right? We want to fix things and we, there's no way to fix grief. And so um, I, I think it's a topic that we need in dentistry. Uh, when we talk about grief, it's not just the loss of a, a loved one or a pet um, or a pregnancy loss. I mean, we also will lose, uh, have a loss of condition. So when we experience uh, traumatic events, um, natural disasters, people lose their house, their employment. Uh, there's also collective loss when there, when there are um, injustices, social injustices that are going on. People are dealing with these losses. And even though it's an, as an individual, um, as a collective, we're all experiencing, we're, we're right there with them, right? And so it's, I talk about it like this big elephant in the room that everyone sees, but no one really wants to talk about. And it, it can be uncomfortable, I think, for everyone. So I'm so glad that you're interested and that you uh, want to learn more about it. Yeah, I, I definitely think it's relevant to what we do. And what would you say are like some of the ways that we can respond to a patient if they share with us that they are grieving in some way? So again, I'm not a behavioral uh, licensed uh, therapist here, but what the experts tell us is that we should acknowledge it. So, so being able to uh, 
to stop and listen. Um, they say that asking about the person, if, if it's a person that they lost, um, referring to them by name, those are all things that are really helpful. And so a lot of this is emotional support that we're providing. Uh, they also say that we should acknowledge it uh, with maybe a, a, a note card. We can send a card if someone tells you that that's a nice, nice way to uh, acknowledge the loss. Um, in the dental office, for sure, we should uh, take them off of our uh, recall list. Those are some of the little details, some little things that we forget. And I know for me in the office, sometimes when a patient, you know, tells the hygienist what's going on, and then you've got, you're going to have the dentist come in, you kind of want to give the dentist a heads up too. Um, so that, you know, there, it's just kind of, it's out in the open while we're respecting, you know, our, our HIPAA and the things that our, our patients tell us, that's something that, you know, is part of really the, the medical history. So yeah. those are some of the ways that we can respond. Yeah. So that the doctor isn't, isn't coming into the room without knowing and maybe coming with a different type of energy or comments on something, you know, so yes. I think that that's, that's a great tip, which I don't know if this is helpful, but I feel that when I've had patients, um, share that they've like lost a pet for me, it's, it's very relatable. Cause that happened to me. So I always will, like you said, like ask about them, like, tell me like what, what they look like, or show me a yeah. picture. Like that's some things that I kind of just would naturally do since I kind of experienced that. Um, and then, I always write like in their personal notes too on their chart. If they have a section for um, personal notes, I'll I'll typically put something in there um, to remind me for the next time when they come in to maybe like check in or ask how they're doing or whatever it is. Those are great ideas. And those are also things that they say we should be doing. So following up the next time that they come in, uh, don't just ignore it and forget about it. Uh, they say that we should bring it up. Uh, we also want to know how they're doing. And I I always shout you out, Britt, uh, when it comes to taking blood pressures, because that sometimes can be one of the signs that there's something going on, that they're experiencing uh, loss. Even if they don't tell you, uh, high blood pressure could be one of those uh, symptoms or signs that we might be able to see. So like maybe again, they're feeling stress or yes, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Wow. I didn't, I didn't really connect that, but yeah, it totally makes sense. Um, what would be some ways that you feel the grief is related to their oral health? Like maybe as far as like depression or something along those lines. That's a great question, Britt. There's very little research in this area. And I think it's an area that we should pay attention to considering we have just gone through a global pandemic. Uh, you know, many people experienced uh, various losses. And so what the research tells us is that it could be very similar. What, what little is out there, it could be very similar to what we see with mental health, uh, the connection, you know, there's a bi-directional connection between uh, mental health and oral health. So you know, if someone is experiencing a loss, they're not feeling too great, they may not take care of their oral hygiene as well. So sometimes those might be the signs, um, you know, dry mouth, all of those feelings that are very closely related to the, you know, like anxiety, depression, they may even end up, you know, seeking psychiatric treatment, which of course can, uh, I mean, we've seen the side effects with uh, medications. And so those, they're, I think they're very similar to what we might see with uh, mental health. But again, this is an area that is under, um, under-researched. Mm -hmm. uh, there is some on 
uh, terminal illnesses, you know, people that that need palliative care. But, you know, for for people that experience a loss, you know, we get we do get through it. They say it, it takes about two years for the intensity of those symptoms to get better. You know, eventually it'll be just part of who we are and we should be able to get back to, you know, our normal life. Um, everyone experiences this and we don't really have any, you know, we don't really know what to look for in the mouth. And so it's a, it's a great area for, for future research. Yeah. And I think too, as, as a newer hygienist, like when you first get out of hygiene school and you've learned all these things about just preventative care, you don't really connect the two between it being like mental and oral health, or maybe you might not understand why a patient is only brushing one time a day, which it could be many different factors, not just mental health. I mean, there could be other things as well, but I think it's important to understand like when you ask, Oh, how are you brushing twice a day, once a day, what do you usually do? And if they say I'm not brushing at all, then you say, okay, like, let's talk about that. Like what, what is it that's keeping you from, from brushing daily? And I've, I've asked that question to patients before and they say, well, you know, sometimes it's just like mentally, I just can't. And that's when, you know, you've learned different tips that you can give those patients. So I feel like it's more about um, creating habits that the patient can actually achieve and not just expecting them to be able to brush twice a day because you can, because you went to hygiene school and know everything about it. Exactly. I think meeting them where they are is so important. And that's, you're, I, I just, I applaud you, Britt, because you graduated. I mean, I've followed you for a while. I, I feel like I've seen you grow and I know you had the dental background, but you literally have been working like pandemic times, right? Like that's all, you know, in hygiene. And, and yes, when we ask those questions I and mean, we, we have these high expectations, right? We want our patients to, to do all the things, right? But they're all at different levels. We have to meet them where they are and really focusing on that prevention piece. We have the tools. There are products out there. It's important for us to, to take a moment to stop and talk about those things. We can sometimes get hyper-focused on, we've got to get the calculus off and we've got to do all the other things, but really those conversations that you have about give, you know, giving them the tools, you know, it's really important. Um, and, and I think too, I sometimes think about it like with my patients who have maybe habits that we want them to get rid of, right? We also want them to develop new habits. And so we've got to start, you know, baby steps. Thank you, Jenna. I I really, really appreciate what you said. And um, I think part of some of the things that I've learned just comes from experiencing um, like mental health within like my family, like seeing my um, family members struggle with depression and things like that. And it kind of plays into practicing compassion and being able to um, just tailor your oral hygiene instructions to uh, what the patient needs. Like you said, meet them, meet them where you're at. But I do believe we get hyper-focused on like, okay, I'm going to tell you to brush twice a day and floss once a day and just think that that's going to work. And for a lot of people, it doesn't work. Like we've been saying that for how many years now? And, (laughs) you know, like not everybody can do that. I think it's easier for us because we're the um, dental hygienist, but it's not forever right. easy for everybody else. Right. And I think, you know, it, it's like that, that debate about floss and, and water flossers. And, you know, it, we know that people do not floss uh, and 
and even when they do, their technique is off, right? And so we've got to offer, there's a bunch of other things that are out there that, that we can offer to them to be able to help them. And I think when we're on this topic about grief, it's also important to consider uh, caregivers, uh, family members, right? Uh, people who, who have been diagnosed with a terminal illness. And so not just, we're, we're, we're of course wanting to support the person who's experiencing, um, let's say a terminal illness, right? We've got to prep them and get them ready. Even if they give them, I don't know, six months, um, we want these six months to be, you know, as the quality of life for those six months to be the, the best that we can do. So we might have to recommend some products. We also have to accept that they may stop coming into our office. And so we might have to make a referral to, you know, maybe an RDHAP here in California, someone mm -hmm. that can come and check on them and help them, you know, get through that time. Uh, I think there's also an opportunity for us to work uh, interdisciplinary. So talking to our home health nurses, our medical providers, our behavioral yes health providers. And so really it's that whole person approach. And so I know we, we continue to fight the fight to bring the mouth back to the body. Uh, but again, when we talk about grief, this is the perfect opportunity to, uh, to reach across all of those disciplines. Yeah, I completely agree. It's such a good point. And I think another thing that we can recommend that we sometimes forget is like a shorter recall. Maybe if the patient is able to come in more frequently, that might be something that that they're able to do. And at least you can help them clean their teeth rather than if they're not able to brush every single day, get them in more frequently if you can make that exactly. recommendation. And um, I definitely agree with you with the interprofessional collaboration. I just feel like if we, it would be amazing to see how hygienists like in hospitals and helping those patients with terminal illness and helping the nurses learn how to um, how to provide oral care for for their patients as well. I feel like there's definitely room for growth there and hopefully in the future that's that's something that will happen. Um, I would like to kind of switch gears a little bit to providers to the clinicians who are experiencing grief and what can we do as, as a provider who loses a loved one or a pet or is experiencing grief in different ways? And how can we continue to show up fully for our patients um, while going through those things? Gosh, that's a great, uh, great question, Britt. I think that this is the most challenging, uh, most difficult part as a, as a provider who's there helping others, right? Uh, I, I think it's important for us to to prioritize ourselves, and that sounds a little selfish sometimes. But you know, we've all heard you you can't you can't take care of others if you're not taking care of yourself. So really, um, one identifying that hey, I'm I'm experiencing this right, and there there are uh, there's grief comes in waves. There's going to be days that we're okay, and then we're going to have bad days. But I think really uh, it, it can be helpful telling people around you about it. And, and even that can sometimes feel uncomfortable because you, I mean, having, I, I have experienced loss and it's kind of one of those things where like, I don't want them to think I'm making excuses for why I'm just not showing up today. Right. I'm just not feeling uh, my greatest. Uh, but I think it's important for others to know. Um, and really, if you have to take a day off, I, I know this sounds again, like there are, I've been in the situation where I can't take time off. You know, I've, I've, if I don't work, I don't get paid type thing. And, um, but again, our body will start to break down. It's not just our 
feelings and our thoughts. I mean, we will have physical manifestations, um, you know, that it, it, it resembles burnout. So it's important for us to take care of ourselves. Uh, the experts say, you know, to, to journal, um, seek support. If you feel like you really cannot handle this um, and, and you don't have to handle it all on your own. So I think it's, it's really important to just ask for help. And we work in our operatory. We're doing our own thing. We don't always have the luxury of having an assistant, some of us. And so we're just used to doing, doing, and we have to spend time to really take care of ourselves and, and be kind. And it's, it's okay. You know, yeah. I think that that would help. Yeah. And I, I recently listened to a podcast that spoke about grief and um, one of the, the interviewers that was on there said, you know, it was the worst time of her life because she was going through grief. And the other um, podcaster said, you know, grief is just another feeling out of all the feelings that we have. I know it's a really like terrible time in your life, but it's just something that we all are going to feel at some point. And I think just trying to normalize it a little bit more in the conversations around it definitely helps. Um, and just understanding that we don't have to be alone in it um, and find, trying to find a, a friend or somebody that you can confide in and journaling, I feel like is a great, a great tip. I am not the best at doing that, but I feel like it could definitely help just putting all your thoughts onto paper and, and letting your feelings kind of roll out a little bit will help. Yes. Yes, I agree. It's been helpful for me and you know, I, I have all the intentions to say, I'm going to journal every day, but it doesn't always happen. It almost seems like, oh, great. I've got to check that off the list too, but it, it, it has been um, helpful. And uh, I think also just like you, like you said, you know, identifying that, that feeling, that emotion, right. It's, it's one of the many and um, you know, not, not going back and th don't think backwards you know, don't worry too much about the future, which is easy for me to say, because I, I have done both of those, but really to be, you know, in the moment and be present, that can be helpful as well. Are there any ways that you could advise the listeners if they're interested in learning more about um, grief literacy? Um, first of all, your article, <laughs> number one, <laughs> but do you have, do you have other, any other resources that um, the listeners can kind of go to? Sure. I, so I, yes, my article, it, I would say, yes, please read it. I'd love your thoughts on it. Um, I've also put together a grief and mental health uh, resource guide that I can share with you, Brid. Um, okay. Yeah. It really has information anywhere from like the, you know, American psychiatric, psychological associations um, to some very specific like grieving, um, you know, ch children, um, how to deal with children who are grieving, how to deal with uh, people with developmental disabilities. So there are also little, um, niches within some of these resources. And um, I would say if, you know, you're interested, I, I would look at international uh, resources as well, because again, a lot of this uh, research, it's, it's still, this is all still pretty new. And so it's developing, but I think that we can look to those who are already implementing uh, some of these um, like they've got workshops in education. So look to our international partners. And, and again, they're not going to necessarily be in dentistry. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jeanette. I, I definitely love that you speak about this topic. It's um, mental health in general is just something that I have a, a passion for, and I hold it close to my, close to my heart. 
um, just having people ha close to me that have experienced it. So um, I appreciate you taking the time to to really dive into the research and um, write articles about it and just spread awareness um, for dental hygienists to advance our careers. Thank you, Britt. It's been a pleasure uh, meeting with you today. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Bye, everybody. Till next time. Thank you.